0: Welcome to the Pursuit of Evolution. I'm your host, Casey Jordan. This is the place to be for open minded folks looking to build self trust and be proactive as they grow through life changing moments. We go beyond inspiration to give actions and resources every episode. And with that, let's get into the show. Throughout your website, and I was snooping around your YouTube, you talk about taming the mind. I do. Um, let's dive in right into the meat of it tell me what that is
1: okay so I consider anybody who listens to me or learns from me or reads one of my books a mind tamer in training because the whole idea of this has been what I've been studying and in pursuit of all through this lifetime I began meditating when I was six years old wow yeah so I went to, I was switched from public school to a Quaker school, not because of a religious desire of my parents, but because I was not learning how to read in first grade. And a local little private school was offering a program. So it's interesting. I've been hit with a few times where either a teacher kind of was trying to block me, but then I ended up being a writer anyway. And so the- They get together at Quaker school once a week at at the day schools. And in the boarding schools, they get together twice a week to sit silently for a period of time. Day school, usually an hour. And then when I went to boarding school in high school, two hours on Sunday also, so three hours a week. And it's not just, you know, like a line of monks sitting in meditation. Mm -hmm. They don't call it meditation. They call it meeting for worship, but it's non-denominational. So you're just focusing on whatever. Occasionally people will get up, read, or maybe even play an instrument. But it's not an entertainment session or an assembly by any means. There could be plenty of them that are just in silence. So that became comfortable at a very early age. Then my mother started Mm -hmm. taking me to yoga class with her. Different things happened. People, me meeting Swami Vishnu Devananda, who was the disciple of Swami Shivananda, And that's where I still currently study at that ashram. So that's (laughs) all about mind taming. And I got a master's degree in yoga, which is really meditation and learning to tame the mind. So interesting you know, all my life.
0: Yeah. Be interesting. So tell us a little more, like what does taming, like taming the mind look like? I mean, it's funny, the image that just kind of popped in my head is the old like circus image of the, like the circus guy with the chair and the lion and the whip and like my mind being the lion and I've got to like shut it down. But like, What is, what is taming the mind? What are, what are we talking about?
1: It's cool that you used a tiger tamer, (laughs) not a lion tamer because of this. For me, tiger has stripes and that's part of the nature of the tiger. We can't change a tiger's stripes. So we're all born with particular propensity and potentials of Mm -hmm. nature I think this is what a lot of, as we watch younger generations continually grow up and be the voice of, of change, which they always are. We see this whole thing about, this is my nature, this is how I am, mm-hmm. which is good. And then we are, we're influenced by society and the people that raise us and teach us and on the block. Right, You know, and uh, the progression of circles that we're in. So we have this nature and then we have this stuff that happens. Meanwhile, all of us have a connection to the mind. And as a yogi, I see the mind as a bundle of thought. It's not something inside of here. Right. And I catch awareness of it every once in a while. So, I, th- I mean, there's some classic things that great teachers have said throughout time that we have record of. Like, the mind is like a drunk monkey that's been stung by a scorpion. And if you want to tame the monkey or quiet the monkey, give it a banana. The banana is a tool. So yoga has a lot of tools with breathing, with sound, with movement mm-hmm. that can help change things. But then there's also qualities of nature. As we dive a little bit deeper into the philosophy, we start to understand that anything and everything can have a different quality and different things can influence it. Yeah. So uh, then there's re-reactiveness. That's what mind taming is. Getting yourself to really see a potential re-reaction happen and stopping that because that is what causes pain.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious, this is a thing I've been looking at in some of my own, like social media content lately. Do you think there are wrong thoughts? Like people will be, I think about people in grief and they're like, I should be over this by now, or I shouldn't feel this bad. Cause I barely knew the person. What are your thoughts on this? Like invalidating our own emotions as like, I don't deserve to feel this or like, this is the wrong thing to feel.
1: First of all, I definitely tell my clients stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the first thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> then usually these downgrading thoughts are part of a loop, and you, you, everybody has a main thought loop. So there's different. I see them kind of like spokes, but rather than going into the center of the wheel, they're on the outside. Hmm, and okay. this wheel spins around like a hamster wheel. It's because the the spokes are on the outside so they can hold a phrase that, gotcha. that we usually put on ourselves. You could write it on the inside. It's harder to read. And, <laughs> and, and anytime one of those catches our attention, one of those mind waves. Mm hmm then it automatically triggers the wheel we may not see all of these other things this is a process i take private clients through i've done i've done it in workshops also it's intense yeah i recommend it in a private session Maybe a couple hours we can get it done so you mm-hmm. can identify that looping and then create what a dear friend who's let me put her through it once who's also my editor Rusty Lee. Hey. and yeah. she says it's like I, I give you I don't give it to you. I actually help you identify it. Okay. A secret pass key that will stop the wheel. I don't know if you've ever watched a creature run on a wheel and when they want to stop, it just stops. Yeah. You know, it's yep. really like I have used to watch chinchillas at a friend's <laughs> shop. He had like bunches of chinchillas <laughs> and they would wake up at, dus- at, at dusk uh-huh. and then they'd run on the wheel. And when one was done, choo, the wheel would just stop and I'd wait for the next one. I, know, I was fascinated. How do you do that? But right. then later I learned how to do this with thought.
0: OK, and so does this I, I love this idea because. Like I my background is in mental health. I used to be a therapist. And so there's similar, you know, different language, but that thing of like identifying that should, identifying that moment. And like first it's just being aware of the thoughts even happening. And now what problems is that thought creating? How can we start to shift that thought? What kind of tools? Cause I looking at like your bio and like your website, you have a wide expanse of education and experience. As you're working with somebody, what are some of the tools that you're bringing in or that you kind of think are the most beneficial as we're starting to learn to tame our mind?
1: First, understanding and honoring your true nature. You cannot use the tools that somebody else that tames some other nature.
0: Oh, I love
1: that. Oh. Self-acceptance, accepting the world as it is, accepting you the way you are. You the way you are first also realizing that when you change you, you change reality. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to ask everybody is, have you ever noticed stuff was going one way? It doesn't matter which direction that just led your mind. I'm not going to feed it to you. And then the next day you woke up and it was going a completely different direction. Has that ever happened? Has that happened to you, Casey? Okay. Oh, yeah. So therefore, if you can go back to one of those points in time, preferably the day before, and imagine what shifted in your thought patterns that day that caused you to shift the next day when you woke, awoke to the world and stuff was different. It's like somebody else was programming the sim. I mean that much different. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have had, I've definitely had those days. I I think we all have had. And then there's that, that's a thing I'm constantly working on is then that moment of like, okay, so today feels so much, today feels good. I don't even want to say better or worse. Like today feels good. What's happening today that is good. And then the next time the day feels shitty, I go back to what felt good and like, okay, what can I try again today? And like, I have literally a note in my phone Of like, hey, don't forget to drink your water, take your meds, go for a walk, put down your damn phone for a half hour. Like all these little things that tend to help that little shift and bring me back to a good feeling day.
1: Okay, so what I want to ask you is the next time you get that flash and you want to ask yourself what's good now, maybe this is just a suggestion. Yeah. Change it to gratitude about the way I'm feeling right now. And then ask yourself, what was I doing yesterday? What changed yesterday? Because the result, oh, there's four types of karma. Okay. You're, if you could tap into the instant karma kind of idea, because every action we take fructifies and creates a potential seed that something can trigger to make it sprout and then grow. Right. And Other things help it grow usually. So if you can get a glimpse of yesterday or even an hour ago or two seconds ago or this morning, Mm -hmm. that's where I'd say, go look for what was I doing,
0: but be grateful
1: first because energy follows attention. So anywhere you point your attention is going to take your energy. And where we put that focus is where we start to manifest things. Yes. When we understand oh. the process of manifestation, we begin to take more responsibility for creating whatever pain we are absorbing. I do think that sometimes we hear phrases that will maybe very consciously or unconsciously, to use Western terms about the mind and thought, trigger a pattern, you know, and program us. So. We do know about the muscle thing about smiling. It mm-hmm. takes more energy, right? Right. So then go like this. Put your fingers on either side of your face and push your mouth up in a smile if it's if it's that rough. I dare you to do it for 91 seconds. Because our brain, we do know some mechanical things about brain waves and electricity that we can go into a trance every approximately 90 seconds. So if you do it, I'm guessing for 91 seconds, you can change a pattern just by that. Mm -hmm. Try saying happy, happy, happy. Try making yourself laugh. That's why laughter yoga works. I mean, for some people, remember that might not be a part of your true nature Mm -hmm. that might turn you off. Fine. Then go exercise or do breathing or get quiet or whatever it is, get under a weighted blanket. You know, the things that
0: help you. Yeah, I found too, there has been this, for me personally, there has been this phase of having to allow myself to kind of test and adjust to some of these tools. So like, I am trying very much, you know, attention follows, the energy follows attention in my business of like, every time I have like a paycheck come in, I thank the universe. I stay, thank you, you know, more please, big smile on my face. And when I first started doing it, it didn't feel bad but it felt so weird I didn't want to do it and like I'm like okay like give it some space keep trying and it's so now it feels good and now when I get to say that it's really exciting and it's one of those things it kind of will shift my day it will shift my perspective on how my business is going and so I like I think there's an interesting moment of like where do we decide the tool is not for us versus where is this tool good for us but it's so outside of our current toolbox that we have to give it time to like fit into the new box.
1: Look back at how your pat- patterns have been all your life. Yeah. W- were you a kid that was offered something, said no first, had to test it when you wanted? Were you, were you a little child that believed one type of parent or guardian more than the other type? Or teacher? Mm-hmm. Look at where this current tool is coming from how it might relate to something one of them gave you. I mean we you know we have all these energetic layers of yeah. of residual information. I posted this morning on social media that the mind is like a five-headed snake. Each of those heads is one of the physical body senses, is it sight, smell, hearing, touch, sound, which one pulls you the most? I don't like the way the voice sounds. I don't like the wording. I don't like the look of it. I don't like the color of it. We live in a world of opposites of I like it. I don't like it. So the whole thing first is identify your senses so that you understand how you're reacting and then withdraw from them. Oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what, see, that's what meditation is. That's what makes it so mystifying because if you're trying to use a sense to get into it, then that might be hanging you up you know, mm-hmm. and, and that might be causing the difficulty of being able to back up and witness what's going on, which is what we ultimately have to do mm-hmm. to see that we're not the mind.
0: I Yeah, I, I feel like in Western culture, there's so much pressure to label everything as right or wrong. This is the right way to meditate. This is the right way to do yoga. This is the right way to do gratitude. And so then it complicates all of it versus just being in that space. Like I haven't thought about this in ages. My dad long, long ago was exploring Buddhism and was going to the local temple. And I went with him once and just, I didn't know what was happening. Like I was, I don't know, 14, 15 at the time. I didn't really know what was happening. I only had the basic understanding of the religion and the concept of Buddhism and just sitting in that space and letting it be without judgment was fascinating. Mm. it's just taking it in and so i think that thing of like yeah taking a ha- taking a big step back sometimes and letting the judgment go away and just watch i think is such a powerful thought
1: yes and that's why breathing works so mm-hmm. well you know when we're noticing the pace or the depth or the satisfaction of our breathing we, we know all the physiological things about blood yeah. and circulation and why that's a good reason, <laughs> but still when we get reactive, that shifts. So for some people that really works, but being in a space, in a, in a temple like that, in your experience, I would imagine that there was a unified, peaceful sensation that mm-hmm. if you're around people who are meditating, they're going to draw you in. Yeah it's going to be a lot easier for you. Sometimes, I mean, that's not to say I haven't been in situations with a few hundred people sitting tight, Mm -hmm. knee to knee, almost shoulder to shoulder and, you know, at an ashram in meditation and being incredibly uncomfortable. Maybe I didn't sleep well and didn't want to get up this morning or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Still struggling with something I was learning yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can happen at any time we just yeah. have to honor where we're at and yeah. and go from there yeah. but the thing the thing about suffering is it's all about the mind you mm-hmm. know if if we get caught up on the idea well if life is suffering i i'm doomed it's over i may as well suffer no 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 that's yeah. just, you, you have to go a little deeper <laughs> into that teaching i know that's a little misleading in english yeah. but really you know finish that thought with when we keep re-reacting to stuff and attachment. So you said something earlier, Casey, that's so poignant about, you know, good and bad and being taught, you know, this or that, that's it. That's the, that's the land of opposites. That's where we live. And it's also used in advertising and things like that. You want this, you don't want that, you know, that we're manipulated by it. Quite easily. So when yeah. we learn to back up, then it's a lot easier. So that's why mind taming and, yeah. you know, everybody here is a mind tamer in training.
0: Yeah, I love I love that idea. Yeah, this is something we all can and should be working on. A thought that popped in my mind is mind taming, and this is very much pulling this into Western English vernacular, is mind taming about quieting our mind or is it about just learning to Sort and roll with and understand the noise, because I am a very I'm neurodivergent. I'm a very chatty brained person. I'm curious your thoughts on like, is it quieting or is it listening more?
1: Everybody is a chatty brain person first <laughs> of all, even people like the Dalai Lama. but the difference of somebody at that level or monks or lifetime meditators or people that we see as great teachers of this, the difference is they can identify it back up and choose not to re-react. That's it. But getting to that place, it takes practice. A lot is, of practice was, right. you know, for some situations a trigger. Because remember, it goes back to that thought loop. That's why I really love taking people through that process because it really does give you a secret pass key that just yeah. like those chinchillas
0: can stop the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of the phrase that like all of this is really simple. Like it's not easy, but it's really simple.
1: It is. Okay. I think, and that can be very misleading because people yeah. want, they think, well, they it's want easy. easy well, yeah. They want yeah. easy, but then if the directions look too simple or they don't get a result right away or yeah. check it out, a full bodily felt sensation, because if you mm-hmm. go back again to when you were a little kid, or maybe you really notice it still now, if you're in adulthood somewhere that you don't really believe things unless you really feel it all over. Yeah. you know? So Mm -hmm. this comes from when we were little, this is, and you know, you, you know, this definitely because of your training from the past in psychology. Mm -hmm. When we learn about early childhood psychology, we learn about this. I too had to study that when I was (laughs) getting a license to teach. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect segue. Yeah, I'm glad teachers have to learn that.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So perfect segue then tell us a little bit about like what, You do kind of on the day to day and you have a variety of titles, but tell us a little bit about your, your business side of things.
1: There is no normal day. There is no nine to five. I like that.
0: Uh,
1: I've had many, many, many different jobs, sometimes at the same time, because I've always been entrepreneurial and a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And it's always been comfortable to kind of leave one thing and go somewhere else. Or mm-hmm. maybe I did choose for some decades to focus on things. Currently, I've been writing a lot and speaking. I'm Now that the world feels like, okay, I think I can go out there and, mm-hmm. and travel again. Because I wasn't traveling at all the last mm-hmm. couple years. So I pulled back and was doing everything virtually. Creating courses and video courses for my website and <laughs> YouTube Video, You know, social media videos, all of that writing books during during the lockdown, I published two books. So it was, oh, good wow. for, you know, it was good for me. One was a, a small ebook, the other, a longer book, that's kind of a dive into my many feelings and processing of love and grief. Mm. It's called Cupid is a Bastard. Oh, I love the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> oh, I mean, it's truly pandemic, the photos even on the cover are selfies.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
1: Uh, So it's got poetry, flash fiction, a variety of artwork, photography. I've been a photographer since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. My dad taught me This is a little bit of memoir stuff. I, you know, I was grieving my mother's death at the beginning of the pandemic. So she died in 2019 in September, and then we locked down in March. So, yeah, I did go on a driving trip, and I did fly a couple times, and I... And then February was the last time I stepped off an airplane. And then weeks later, you know, yep. so that was yeah. heavy duty. And then, yeah. And then after years, because she died at 97. So I spent years, you know, on call 24 seven.
0: Yeah.
1: And by my honor, I'm so glad I made that decision. And yeah. yeah so anyway, right one on one coaching, teaching speaking in a variety of ways, of course, on podcasts and vlogcasts. I'm a regular recurring guest on a
0: show out of New York. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mentioned kind of having had lots of jobs over the years and moving from one thing to the next. And this is a big thing that I talk about the pursuit of evolution of like if you're not happy where you're at, look for what's next. We should be pursuing that evolution. Do you feel that a lot of your jobs even if you don't directly do anything of that nature anymore, that they've all kind of built on each other or they all kind of support each other. I've definitely experienced
1: the people that yell at me and go pick a lane, you know, and I'm like, back up, you can't see my lane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that answer.
1: My lane's a whole lot wider, you know, you're Uh trying to look at one little part. So that's that's my first response to something like that. I definitely see the overlapping. And yes, I'm a, a schoolaholic. I went to college a few times, to university. I yeah. taught at that level in different things, and mm-hmm. uh, secondary school and you know postgraduate levels. So those all to me, go into public speaking, uh, mm-hmm. been on radio, worked as a musician. Okay, that stage. I mean, when I was a when I was a university level instructor, professor, could I had four hour classes. I had to talk for a long time. <laughs> what I needed to learn, <laughs> which I started focusing on in 2016, was three minutes. And then we got down to eight seconds now, you know, on Instagram.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's been an ongoing pursuit. And then I was in the music industry. So of course, audio, making audiobooks, that was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, but then it really pays to edit. My own video is faster mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot more cost-effective. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so I, love- I pay, I pay the paparazzi, but then I just, you know, I give them the disc and get it back. So, yep. you
0: know, yep. yeah. I love that. Cause I, I just like, I think about, I, th- I think some people, I, i'm in my late 30s some of my friends are hitting that point where like they've realized they need to switch careers they cannot stay where they're at Mm. but they feel like they're throwing away all this previous education and experience and i'm like my degree my master's in mental health like i said when i worked as a fitness coach like you could think maybe a totally different realm i did so much therapy on the training floor with fitness clients because when your body is tired your brain opens up and the words dump out like they fit together so well and lessons that I worked you know learned lifting heavy weights now come into entrepreneurship for me and like my stamina you know and so like I just I wanted to see someone else's perspective on that that like none of it's a waste unless you put that label on it.
1: Yeah, and if if it made you happy, if it brought you joy, then stop yeah. that right there and turn back to the gratitude part yeah. that I talked about earlier. Yep. You know, definitely. You may not see it right away, but cancel that one out as soon as you catch any wind of oh, that yeah. kind of inner comment. That's definitely oh, yeah. one you want to refocus yeah to some form of gratitude I mean mm-hmm. I went to art school how would I know that designing book covers for my own books would be but yeah, I, well, I can't kind of- say that because then I was a musician I did mm-hmm. focus on music strictly for a couple decades and I'm in my 60s Casey so mm-hmm. I have a lot more to kind of give you examples of
0: yeah yep you and know, I'm I'm but, maybe I, i'm compiling all of my stuff right now i'm a person every couple of years my business shifts or what job i had like i'm again i'm same as you a, a educationaholic like if my husband would let me go get a phd i'd get a phd for no other reason than i'm fast fascinated by that particular topic like that's you know. exactly
1: what i've been up to for 10 years Yeah, yes yeah, exactly. you know if i ever get it you know but you i've been get there to get it. there I wrote you know, a book. I, you know, I've got topics I'm I'm speaking about from it. Yeah, so I love that. I think I don't mind having the C after the PhD, you know, PhD right. C. Yeah, yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah. Um as long as what I wanted to discover more about was acceptable. And right. it seems to be, you know, and it does morph and change. And it is fascinating from my own experience to watch something from the past kind of wash up on the shore. And you're like, yeah. whoa, I'm so glad oh. I have that. You know?
0: Yes, I've done that. I've had those moments, too. I love that feeling. It's like, oh, I didn't know that would ever come in handy again. All right. I never, yeah, I never thought
1: about it, but we could call that like the the... You know, it's like the My Little Mermaid moment, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you find that shell love that. again and you're like, yes, 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 that works with this project I'm on. And yep. any time we're involved with other people, which is usually most of the time, I mean, I know there's lots of career choices where you're not, and that's mm-hmm. cool, you know, you but you usually are at some level. Yeah. Even, even in, you know, maybe research or things where you're not, you know, it's not customer service, right. You know, vastly different, of course. And we have to at least admit to ourselves what feels comfortable. One thing I have seen coaching people through choosing career or career pivots Mm -hmm. is that they will get into shooting themselves. Yeah. And what works better there is to realize sometimes you got into that belief because you were good at that. You were definitely good at that, but it didn't really spark joy. You know, you weren't really yay about it every day. And so even though you're really good at it doesn't mean that's what you have to do. So I really, really do enjoy helping people. This comes up as an astrologer more than anything. Which mm. yep, that's something else. I went to college for, <laughs> but, you know, what I and I've been on TV and and radio shows and things like that, and definitely mm. write about it, but not pop anymore. I wrote for newspapers.
0: Oh, okay. for a
1: While you know yeah. the horoscope thing and the deer a kind of thing, and yeah. that's fine. And I you know I can side hustle that stuff
0: anytime I want. Right, right. So what is next on? The path for you right now. What's the next thing you're excited about? Getting
1: back out there and speaking and meet meeting people and teaching them live some of these techniques. I do kind of miss that energy exchange.
0: (sighs) Yeah, yeah. I've done public speaking both virtually and live too. And virtually is it can be hard because that Mm -hmm. energy when you're not in the room and can feel the energy. I yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back into live events.
1: Well, just if you, if you must use a PowerPoint, which I don't really feel like I need to. And unless I'm teaching something, you know, like CEU-ish, which I do. Is that a term? CEU-ish? I don't know. Um, But yeah, I get it. Then you want some sort of handout. I'd rather just give you a handout and you pay attention to me, but I do, I, I recently (laughs) have to, because I'm doing some speaking gigs at a holistic life expo in Orlando at the end of May, May 31st, and then in Savannah for nurses for CEU. So I have to put the PowerPoint together, but I recently Uh watched some comedy by Hasan Minhaj who does four, four screen PowerPoint. Holy cow. Oh my God. I stumbled on this guy. I don't know. I maybe, okay. This is what I mean about like, if you change your belief system and you wake up the next day and then suddenly you feel like the whole world's different. I was focused on how can I make this fun? How can I make this not? Oh darn. I have to do PowerPoint, which I could easily go into. Right. No, yeah. I was like, how can I make this fun? How can I make this fun? What happens? All right, I'm going to say the Netflix word. I I get an ad from Netflix. Check out this comedian. I'm like, all right, I could use some comedy. I'm frustrated about PowerPoint. What <laughs> right. do I see? Poor uh, screen, PowerPoint. And he is funny and sharp. awesome. So so I'm like, funny. yeah, what would it look like if I did it different? Uh-huh. So, you know, he even had him on the screen behind him that's all I'm going to tell you come to one of my live talks all right you know right. that's that's what you or or even virtual I am. I don't know yeah. I'm not going to do it on virtual that's too dizzying yeah. but I am you know sometimes okay. you got to use PowerPoint yeah. and you have to learn to love it and embrace it because some people really we also have to understand just like those different types of nature mm-hmm. we all learn differently yeah You know, so some of us need the words. Some of us need the pictures. Some of us just Mm -hmm. want to listen to you. Yeah, Close our eyes. That's fine. Everybody should be able to do what's comfortable and and brings them happiness.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. This has been a delight. Tell us the best place to find you, learn more about you, your books, where you're going to be speaking, all that.
1: Definitely my website for books and Get on my mailing list to learn about my guided meditation podcast, all kinds of the free stuff. Oh, yeah. That's at myname.com, dot com. So a m b i k a d e v i icom okay, And then great. Linktree slash my name. That's where all the newest articles. You'll find my blog. Everything's at my website, except okay. you may not catch things about where I'm speaking. You probably will. You probably will. There. The gigs, though, I talked about aren't up there yet. That's social media stuff. You have to follow me. Pick your channel. I'll you know, You'll you
0: find me. Perfect. And all of that stuff will be in the show notes, so it's easy for everybody to find so they can see what you're up to. This has been a delight. Thank you so much. If you've made it to this point in the show, I want to give you a huge thank you for listening and hanging out with me. And I really hope this is just the beginning of our conversation. I love hearing from each and every one of you, so please reach out to me via email or on the socials, and let me know what you think. Also, if you know somebody that needs to hear today's message, send them this episode. Who knows? You might just change their life.